And now, live from Atlanta, Georgia, everyone's social media friend, it's Deb Creer. Every week, Deb talks with the movers and shakers, the experts, the best of the best in social media, bringing you all of the latest tips, techniques, and trends for successfully using social media. In social media, there's only one constant, Deb Creer. Good morning, good morning, everyone. I am Deb Creer. I'm the socialite, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to promote themselves on social media and to promote their businesses also. With me today is one of those guests who I have never met in person. I love it when this works out this way. We've only met on social media. See, folks, this really does work. You can make great business contacts. And even more importantly, I actually met her in a Facebook group. I love LinkedIn, love LinkedIn groups, but Facebook groups are growing in popularity. So please join me in welcoming Stephanie Callahan. Welcome, Stephanie. Hi, Deb. Thank you for so much for having me on your show. I look forward to talking today. We are going to have so much fun, and I was so glad when we uh, were able to make contact because I think the topic that we're going to talk about is something that <laughs> I definitely need to learn more about, but I think it's something that's going to be good for everybody. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's 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 a topic that a lot of people overlook and they lose all kinds of visibility opportunity for their business. Right, right. So we're going to just leave people in suspense just a little bit longer because I need to tell people about you. So Stephanie is the business vision catalyst and is known for the fast transformations that she facilitates with her clients through working at the intersection of heart and head. She works with busy, purpose-driven entrepreneurs to own their brilliance, leverage their business, and get their message out with power, ease, and joy so they can make a powerfully positive difference in the world, exponentially up-level their profits, shift their mindset towards possibility, and take a no-excuses approach to boldly creating a highly successful and meaningful business built around who they are. With her unique combination of right brain and left brain thinking, intuitive insight, passion, results-based coaching, powerful questioning, and strategic systemizing magic, in record time, Stephanie's clients dance with joy as their visions become reality in their businesses. So again, Stephanie, welcome. Thank you. Well, before we, you know, we're going to tease it a little bit longer. I want to know how you got started doing this because, you know, I looked at your website, which is very simple to find, folks, stephaniecallahan.com, um, and you've got a, a, a great website. You've got tons of information, but how did you decide that this was your passion and what you were driven to do? Oh, I love when I hear that question because, you know, a lot of people want to hear that there is this really straight path and I just knew it and I went for it and that's not necessarily oh, that bolt the case, of lightning, right? You know, yeah. so you know. I, I tried a few different things before I landed where I'm really, really excited to do what I do today. Um, mm -hmm. Before I started my business, I actually worked in corporate America as a corporate consultant. And I led a team of almost 300 people that were system developers and worked with Fortune 100 companies. Wow. And the company when I first started working there was a privately held LLC. Mm -hmm. And uh, around 2001, uh, they uh, decided to be publicly traded instead mm -hmm. and switched uh, entire 
business structure. And as a result, the company that I honestly thought I was going to retire from, I mean, there were people Mm -hmm. that joked that my blood ran blue because the corporate colors were blue. Ah. Uh, all of a sudden became a place that I couldn't even relate to. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was often asked to do things that didn't match my value system. Uh, it started mm-hmm. getting really toxic all the way to the point where I was getting violently ill at work and then going back oh. to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was at that point where I realized it was time to do something different. Mm-hmm. And so I started looking at all the things that I enjoyed doing within the scope of my work and the things that I didn't enjoy doing within the scope of my work. And said, you know what, I'm going to step out on my own. And Mm -hmm. I actually, uh, I left my job, my husband left his job, and we moved two and a half hours south, uh, all within a very short time span of making a choice. Mm -hmm. And I actually started uh, doing work specifically focused on productivity, because that's something that I come by very naturally. Okay. And uh, I, I did really well with that business, but I found after a while that it was only using one element of the skills Mm -hmm. that I have. And I found I got bored, (laughs) really. Mm -hmm. And so I did another soul search to say, Mm -hmm. what is it that I really want to do in this world? And the, Mm -hmm. the thing that really makes me passionate is helping to take these really amazingly brilliant people Mm -hmm. and help their ideal clients find them. Because I believe that when my clients do what they're supposed to do and their ideal clients find them, the world Mm -hmm. is going to change for the better. And that gives me goosebumps. That makes me excited to get up every day. And the added benefit of the work that I do is because I have a systems focus as well as this other background that I've got, that all my clients' lives improve for the better too. Because Mm -hmm. it's possible to have a really super successful business that serves people in really powerful ways without losing your life. And a lot of people don't think that's possible. So, Well, especially as an entrepreneur. Right, right, exactly. And so that's really, it was was a meandering trip around the different work that I did with my clients and continuing to expand on that, continuing to see where my superpowers were, as uh, Mm -hmm. another friend pointed out just the other day, that... Mm-hmm. Each, each one of us have these gifts and these skills that are really highlighted that other people don't have. And right. when I looked at those skills and saw where people were getting really fantastic results and I enjoyed doing it, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, why not build a business around that? Right, right. Well, and I can imagine that was probably a little bit scary. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things that I hear from people is they will say, or or you just know by being around them, they don't like what they're doing. You know, yeah. it's it's not that passion. It's I have to pay the bills. You know, all of these various things. And, and granted, it is scarier than all get out to to take that leap. I was talking with somebody the other day and, and she said, you know, I still have bills to pay. And I related to her. I said, you know, when I was starting my business, and this was, you know, many years ago, I had another full-time job at the same time. And so I was doing my business in the evenings on weekends and, you know, and and still trying to have this full-time job. And I had a a great coach at the time who told me that until I had to make it work, Mm -hmm. it wouldn't work. (laughs) And, you know, and and I went to the end of that little diving board and I held on with, you know, my little, oh, you know, and, and, but when I finally jumped off, I did do, you know, what is, is my passion. And, and the tricky thing for many people is actually figuring out what that passion is, because it might be something totally different from what you normally do. Well, and you know, in in my case, 
it, it was um, interesting because I, w- I listened to a lot of gurus and a lot of coaches. Mm-hmm. Pick your niche. Get really, really specific. And that's why yes. I went with productivity. Productivity mm-hmm. and systems is something that my brain just naturally comes up with very easily. Mm-hmm. And it's super easy to understand. If I say I help you with business systems, people can generally understand what right. that means. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is I am a very multidimensional per- person. So Mm -hmm. much so that I ended up graduating college with a few different degrees because of my interest areas. Mm -hmm. And by getting that niched, I was letting parts of me just lay stagnant. Right. And now I still do work with people on their business systems because it's a skill that I have, but I'm not stagnant. Mm -hmm. I'm not bored. Mm -hmm. I'm energized. I'm excited with every single client that I work with. Um, and, And it's totally possible for everybody to build a business like that. But but what I encourage people to do is to really own what you want, number one. And I think right. there are a lot of people that are scared to own what they really want. And mm-hmm. once you start that, you know, it, it could be that what you really want, you can't have immediately off jump. But if you know exactly what you want in your business, in your life, then you can create a strategic plan and or hire a coach to help you create a strategic plan to get there. Right. Well, and one of the things that you mentioned um, when we were first chatting was that you help people find their ideal client. Right. And the cool thing about that is when you're only going to the people or, you know, promoting yourself or doing whatever it is that you're doing with those those perfect potential clients, it takes less time. You know, there's there's the old saying, you can, you know, try and hit a fly with a shotgun or you can actually target things. And that's not how the saying goes. I don't remember how it exactly goes. But anyhow, you get the idea. Absolutely. Um, you know, we can we can just keep going to every meeting. We can, you know, any business opportunity that comes up, we can do. We can do all of this stuff. And we end up spending so much of our time, many times, meeting fabulous people, you know, all of these things. But if they're not the people who are going to buy your product or your service, in, in many ways, it is a total waste of time. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, it, it's like there's so many things packed into that, too. You know, I was on a show uh, a couple weeks ago where the host asked me a question out of the blue. Well, Stephanie, you know, what's your strategy and how do you deal with difficult clients? Oh. And, and I got quiet and I, I, I laughed a little bit and I said, you know, I would love to give you all kinds of strategies except for the fact mm-hmm. that I teach my clients not to have difficult clients. Right. You've, you've weeded them out before you even started the process. And, you know, maybe it's that they self, you know, self-selected out. You know, you are so good with your marketing materials. They go, oh, okay, that's not what I'm looking for. Right. Or, you know, and, and that's what some people don't understand is, you know, you need to be so specific. I had somebody, uh, a guest on my program several weeks ago who was talking about keywords. And those, and it's so true because those key words really are the qualifiers. You know, do I need this and I don't need that? And if they talk about it in their brochure, their website, their LinkedIn profile, their Facebook posts, you know, all those various things. And so they're not wasting their time either. And I love that concept of, of you know, kind of allowing them to opt out. But then, of course, there is the, the process of figuring, you know, you meet somebody and for whatever reason, it's not a good fit. You know, and, and there's a, a plethora of reasons, but when you get back to knowing exactly who your ideal customer is, that's a much faster process. It, it absolutely is because Deb, I can now, I, I can even weed people out on Facebook. I can right. talk to people face to face and know immediately whether there's a connection or not. And, mm-hmm. and my, I, I teach people, you know, authentic consultative sailing sells 
as well. And Mm -hmm. when you are in a sales conversation and you're trying to prove yourself over and over again, you kind of feel and sound desperate, right? Right. But when you're Mm -hmm. in a conversation and you're interviewing them just as much as they're interviewing you, because the Mm -hmm. process is, is this a good fit? And can I serve this person in Mm -hmm. a really great way? Then it's a healthy conversation. It's not, oh, I need Mm -hmm. the money. I need the money. I need the money. It's a, is this a good fit for me and for them? Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and, you know, there's still ways to help them. A lot of times what, you know, you, you might know someone who is a better fit for them, you know, and, and I love being able to refer people to, to other people. And it's funny because I've had people that have, oh my gosh, you're giving money away. Well, not really, you know, because I got a better fit for them. I made them happy because they're not spinning their wheels and wasting their time and money. And I made whoever I referred them to happy because they got business. So, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those win-win situations. And, and again, it's saving time and money. Uh, absolutely. And I can even tell you that I have had life experiences where I've talked to somebody who was interested in possibly working with me. We had the conversation. They were really in a different place than mm-hmm. the types of clients that I work with. And we talked about that openly and honestly. And mm-hmm. I gave them a referral to somebody that really helped them nail exactly what they were needing to do. Perfect. And mm-hmm. That person who I referred to somebody else has referred three high-end yep. private clients to me. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and you could have taken that client to start with and done, you know, a, a good job with them. But they needed somebody who was going to do a fabulous job with them. Right. And, you know, and, and I think that's kind of the difference is, you know, we're all many times happy to be average and to do a good job. Um, you know, it's, it's funny, uh, several people know that, that I was recently in the hospital and it's, they had this big poster up and it said, we strive to be very good. And now maybe it's the marketing person in me, but I looked at that and I said, what happened to excellent? Shouldn't they want to be mm-hmm. excellent? You know? And, and it really was just kind of one of those things where average, you know, if you're just a little bit above average, you're doing pretty good. And, you know, we, we all need to get back to wanting to be excellent. Extraordinary. I love that word. It's a fun word mm-hmm. to say, right? Yes. Yes, most definitely. And, you know, okay, so we've now teased people enough. Let's tell them why we're here. And this is, this is so very important because part of what you do is you help your clients to get visibility. And in many cases, that is through doing something like being on a radio program. Haha, <laughs> like Mile High Radio. Right. Um, doing doing podcasts, doing blabs, doing other live streaming types of things. And, you know, it's, it's great that they do those, but then the crickets appear because they, they either don't see the importance of it, don't know how to promote it. And I'm going to put a whole bunch of questions here in one, and then we're just going to talk about this for the rest of the program. Um, you know, or they, you know, they, they figure the show host will promote it, all of those various things. First, let's take a step back. Why is it good for someone, and you know, it's not perfect for everybody, you know, being on the radio is, you know, or, or even more so being on television is not for everybody. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, even doing podcasts, there's just, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, you do have to be able to carry on a conversation sometimes for five minutes, sometimes for an hour, but you know, it's, it's not for everybody, but for the person who it's a good fit, why should they want to, to do something like a, a radio show or a podcast? So I'll ask three questions for the listeners that they can answer to themselves. 
uh, and I want I want them just and you can answer it to you too, right? Um, they're quick yes no questions. I'm extremely ready to be known as the go-to expert in my field of work. Yes or no? Most of us would say yes. I want to attract higher quality leads and work with clients who are eager to do the work and enroll in my high-end programs, not those tire kickers. Mm -hmm. And I can't wait to attract more media interviews and speaking gigs. And all three of those things, if you said a resounding yes, and you have expertise to help other people, then my question for you is, are you making the most of every single opportunity? Because right. for those people that do take the effort to get booked on shows, whether it's radio shows, podcasts, web shows, I mean, there's loads of different types of shows. Mm -hmm. But if they aren't leveraging that, once they've hung up the phone or shut down Skype, they are missing huge visibility and huge authority building opportunities. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, sadly, many people just don't recognize that opportunity that's in front of them. And they expect the host to do all the work. And they mm -hmm. think, okay, I've gotten on this show, I'm going to get in front of the host's audience, and boom, that's all that I need to do. Right. But the opportunity here is to continue providing social proof to those people that are already on your list, already connected to you in social media, connected to you in the myriad of different ways that, that you might be connected to them. Provide them social proof that you really are good at what you do. Mm -hmm. Because hosts typically do not just put anybody on their show. Hosts of really good shows do some research before they invite people on, before they mm -hmm. book the show. And so just being on the show itself is social proof. But then mm -hmm. your audience has the opportunity to listen to you as well. If they don't know about it, they can't do that. Right. And, and I have a lot of people that will say, but Stephanie, you know, they've, they've heard me before. They've heard me talk about this before. And I love sharing them with them a story of a private client that I had. We did really intense private work for a year. We met weekly for more than one hour a week. It was sometimes mm -hmm. two and three hours a week. So you would think she had her fill of me, right? <laughs> she still, to this day, and our, our program ended a few months ago, but to this day, she still listens to every single show I'm on because she says she picks up new nuances. Mm -hmm. So right. even if it's information that you've shared with your audience before, it doesn't matter because your audience could be in a different space listening mm -hmm. this time. So right. there's just huge opportunity to build your authority as well as your visibility and gain new audience members the more that you leverage the shows that you're on. Mm -hmm. Well, and, you know, we mentioned it is difficult sometimes, you know, I, my, my mother jokes that, you know, I could have a good conversation with a lamppost and, you know, so for me talking and doing programs comes pretty easy. It didn't when I started. Um, now, you know, I did have to get used to it and then I'd listen to myself and think, oh, ugh. you know, and, and there are still times where I think really did I, oh, you know, and, and, but it takes practice. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if somebody's never done it, maybe being on an hour-long program isn't the best option. There are certainly ones where they're much shorter. You know, it can be a quick little interview. It can be a quick little podcast. Maybe it is a blab or, you know, a, a Vine Live or, or something like that. But it, it does get better, just like anything. You know, as, as we practice and we do it more, we do get better at it. We stop saying, um, we stop, you know, doing some of the things like making noise, you know, doing all those various <laughs> things that, that, uh, that are, you know, it's just habit forming that we've done. 
But it's taking that first one and doing it and then realizing, okay, it might not be perfect, but it's a good place to start and then going from there. Oh, I couldn't agree more, Deb. And and I've been doing radio specifically since 2004. Mm -hmm. um, PR was one of my marketing strategies because when mm -hmm. I first started my business, I didn't have a big marketing budget. I couldn't go right. out and do a lot of advertising. I'm like, okay, how do I get in front of people? And so mm -hmm. radio was actually one of my first uh, stints into being in front of people and that radio and mm -hmm. then TV. Um, I still don't like the sound of my voice on recording. I've just gotten used to it. Mm -hmm. I always wonder, now, who is that person? Oh, that's me. Right. <laughs> yeah, because your voice just inside your head and in what you hear is different than what everybody else hears. There are mm -hmm. a lot of people, even super, you know, successful radio show hosts that have been doing shows for years that don't like the sound of their own voice. And so what mm -hmm. I would say is get over it. Um, right. let that part go and really focus on the value that you can give when you're on the shows. Mm -hmm. Well, and there's just something about hearing someone speak that is so different from reading their Facebook posts, reading their blog, you know, all of those things. And a big part of that, and maybe it's the entire thing is that passion and that enthusiasm. And I don't care if you're building widgets or, you know, you're an astronaut or whatever, you should be able to have passion, you know, comes back to what we were talking about at the, the first. If, if you do an interview and you're very monotone and you're like, well, granted, that just might be the way that you speak. But if you don't have passion, then why would somebody want to work with you? But, you know, it's people, they really enjoy the radio program or a TV interview or something because they can see and feel that passion that somebody has for their, their product or their service. Well, and the other piece to that too, is that there are instances where people can use the media of audio and mm -hmm. access it easier than say reading your blog post. So for example, right. I have a lot of people that tell me that they listen to me on shows and different podcasts when they're exercising. Yes. Or when they're cleaning their house, for heaven's sake, mm -hmm. you know, they, they put it on their phone, they pop in their headphones and they're doing other things, right. but they're listening. And you can't read a blog post when you're driving or you can't right. easily read a blog post mm -hmm. when, you know, you're jogging around your lake. Um, mm -hmm. But you can listen to a podcast. So it's another a podcast, a radio show, you know, all these different ways. It's another way for you to be able to get in front of people. And the reality is there are different types of learners. Some people mm -hmm. learn by reading, the visual people. Some people learn by auditory and listening and other people learn by doing. And so the more mm -hmm. ways that you can get in front of people with different types of media, the more opportunity you have to speak to them in a way that they can actually hear what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and it is like you said, every time you're going to say it or write it differently. Um, you know, and, and so people will pick up on something a little bit different every single time. Maybe it's a reminder. Oh yeah, I need to do that. Or, you know, it, it, they weren't, as you said, they weren't in the right frame of mind to hear something and now they are. So, you know, unless, and, and if you are the person that is almost repeating it word for word for word, well, that's not a good thing, you know, and, and, but that comes back to the host. I mean, you know, if the host is letting the person get away with that, well, then, then there's a totally different program or problem. <laughs> right, right. Well, and, and, you know, the other piece to this, if you're just getting started in doing shows, or even if you're, I had somebody today on Anchor, which Anchor FM uh, is a audio, it's kind of like an audio mm -hmm. Twitter. Um, mm -hmm. I, 
I posted, I did a wave uh, telling Mm -hmm. people I was going to be on this show. And uh, it's one way I was promoting the show, right? And Mm -hmm. somebody came on and said, you know, I'm thinking about getting into this. So thanks so much for telling me about this because I'm not exactly sure how to get on shows or what I do about it. You know, so if if that's you, if, if it's something you're interested in doing, but you just haven't done it yet. Uh, you know, Deb, you, you made a really great point a minute ago, you know, maybe an hour long show isn't where you want to dive in first. Maybe you want to do a shorter show, but you can start by just becoming really familiar with your content. Right. And, you know, I I admit that when I first started doing radio shows, I created scripts for myself and and I did local radio actually, where I would Mm -hmm. uh, drive into the radio station and put the headphones on, you know, and talk Mm -hmm. to the radio, the local radio talk show hosts. And I first came in with these sheets of paper. and He's like, what is that? I'm like, it's my script. And he started mm-hmm. laughing. He's like, oh, no, no, we're not, no, no, we're not no. doing that. Now, you know, I happen to know him. Thank goodness. So he mm-hmm. kind of hold my hand and help me. He's like, no, Stephanie, you know your stuff. I'm like, I know, but what mm-hmm. if I forget something? Yeah. He's like, it's right. okay. He's like, we're just having a conversation and you're sharing what you know. You don't have to have mm-hmm. this bullet pointed list of things to say. And if you forget something, that's okay. And right. But so that was a great lesson. The other piece to it, though, too, is he said, but you can prepare, take that script home when we're not on the air and just practice it out loud Mm -hmm. to know your talking points and what you want to make sure to be able to share. And so those are some things that you can do if you're just starting to get into being a guest, being a guest expert is just really become familiar with the information that you want to share with your audience. Mm-hmm. Right. And research the program that you want to be on, you know, because then you'll know, is it more of a Q&A? Is it the type, you know, like my program where we're just chatting? You know, how do they, you know, listen to some of their other interviews? And then you'll familiarize yourself and you'll know more about what to expect. Um, I've only ever had one person one time, and I've been doing this program since September of 2011. Ah, holy cow. Um, and she came in, this was when I still did it live in the, the station in Denver, with her list of questions. You will ask me this and this and this and this. Mm-hmm. And I always ask my guests, please tell me things that you want to make sure that we cover. Because it's not about me, it's about my guest. And so, you know, if there are things that they really want to make sure we highlight, well, I want to make sure that that's what we're doing. But she said, I want, you know, and, and, and I'm thinking, oh, this could be an interesting interview. And so, you know, I tried to explain, it's a conversation. And I knew this person very well, but you could tell she was very nervous. So I was trying to set her at ease. But, you know, as, as we're going, I did kind of question one, and then we did question two, and then we did question three, and then we skipped to question seven. And But the flow of the conversation was why that happened. But I got this deer in headlights look, and it was, you know, and I could tell she's thinking, but what happened to my other questions? I prepared them. That is one of the things you do have to be prepared for right. when you're being interviewed is, you know what, we're the host. We can skip stuff. Um, now, I'm never or hopefully never going to put a guest in a position that's a negative. You know, this is a positive program, uh, you know, and, and so it's not like I'm Geraldo Rivera and I'm wanting people to, to do bad. But, you know, there might be times where I'd ask a question that you weren't prepared for. And so you kind of have to think about it. But, you know, it is something that you need to have researched in advance just to make sure that you're prepared for it. Right. Absolutely. Well, and, and you know, and if th- there are loads of people out there that coach on just being media ready, 
So if it's something that you're just really uncomfortable with, but you know that it's something that you want to do, hire a coach, Mm -hmm. hire Mm -hmm. somebody to help you do that. Hire somebody to help you think through what are your, your main speaking points? What is your Mm -hmm. main message? Mm -hmm. Hire somebody that can help you just answer questions on the fly. Some, some people can think on the fly better than others. Mm -hmm. Well, and then, you know, you're, you're practicing your speaking points, practice actually using the technology. You know, I've had guests who wanted to just use the speaker that was on their laptop. Well, you know, that's not going to give good quality of sound. I interviewed a team of lawyers one time, and it was actually a very interesting program because they were talking about the legal ramifications of things that happen on social media. Mm. And they said, oh, we have this fabulous speakerphone. You know, this is how we do a lot of our business. It sounded like they were all three in a barrel. Yeah, I bet. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, make sure that your equipment works. And, and maybe it means that you're doing, you know, a quick little Skype thing with somebody or tell the host, you know, I've, I've got a new mic. Can we test it in advance? You know, whatever. And a good host will say, sure, you know, I'm more than happy to to do something in advance because like I said, they want that good program also. Well, and there's a lot of different things that you can do in advance to even being on the show. You know, like you said, have a good mic and there's loads of good mics out there that are hundreds and hundreds of dollars, but there's equally some fantastic mics that don't cost a lot. So for Mm -hmm. example, um, I'm on a headset mic today as we're doing this show and I paid Mm -hmm. $28 for this headset. And it sounds fabulous. You don't have to go Mm -hmm. and spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars, but have some equipment in place that helps you sound professional. That helps you sound like you know what you're talking about. Because Mm -hmm. if there's bad audio quality, people tune out. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how brilliant you are with what you say. If they don't want to pay attention to you because it's hurting their ears because of background noise or what have you, your your message will never be heard. Mm -hmm. Right. And... Then the problem is you're not going to get other interviews, right? You know because it's it you know somebody will you know say have you been on a program? Oh sure, you know here it is, here's the link, and then they're going to go okay, no maybe not so much, um you know and and but if it is something that you're going to be hopefully doing a lot of, then maybe it is making an investment. Um you know I tried several headset mics, they didn't really work, so I ended up with what's known as a blue snowball, and it's you know it's this cool thing. It looks like a snowball. Yeah, it's white. Great mic. Well, yeah. And, you know, and I have the little sneeze filter thing so that the, you know, my, my P's and my S's don't explode. But when I got it, it had this cool little tripod stood on my desk, nifty little thing. Well, that looks cool. It's, you know, it's it's shiny. It's pretty, but I sit and I fidget and I tap my desk and just barely tapping my desk made it sound like an explosion. So I had to get the swing arm, um, you know, and, and so now my mic, it's, it looks more like I actually, you know, am in a radio station because my bike, my mic is, is, uh, suspended and, uh, you know, so it works much better, but you know, if it's not something that you're going to do tons and tons, and now, you know, and the mic, all that setup, that's less than $200, mm-hmm. but you know, it's, it is something to, you know, make sure that you have good equipment. Um, you might borrow it, you know, things like that. You know, and, and as we said, test it out in advance. And so in addition to a mic, would it be helpful for me to share a couple other things? Sure. Oh, definitely. That people can think yes, about. Yes. So, you know, just day of the show or day before the show, depending on what you have set up, uh, you know, make sure that you're energized. So make sure mm-hmm. you got good sleep the night before uh, because 
you, you mentioned that, you know, somebody that talks in monotone and sounds really tired. It's kind of boring, right? right. People tune mm-hmm. out. You don't want people to tune out. So make sure you have good energy, that you're in an upbeat mood. And a quick tip to that is if you happen to be a little drained, the, uh, most smartphones, I know that iPhone has it because I own an iPhone, there's mm-hmm. a app out there that's called a brainwave app that works oh. on brainwave technology. And mm-hmm. there's one of them out there called Morning Espresso. That if you're feeling just a little low energy, mm. pop your headphones in, play this app for about 10 or 15 minutes, and it actually helps adjust your wow. uh, energy level. So oh, you very can cool. a little bit more upbeat. So it's a mm-hmm. quick tip that you could do. Mm-hmm. Have water ready or tea with lemon because frequently, especially if you're on a longer show, you could get parched. So make sure that you have mm-hmm. something where your throat is staying nice and hydrated so that you can mm-hmm. talk well and pick a place to be in the show that's quiet, mm-hmm. you know, so shut windows and doors, turn off machines that make noise. So for example, I have a fountain that's normally in my room with running water. But when mm-hmm. I go on a show, I turn that off. Um, right. you know, if, if you're in a building with a lot of people, put signs on your doors to say that you're going to be on air so that you're not interrupting the show. Uh, you know, Unplug any landline phones that you have. Do people have mm-hmm. landlines anymore? I think some still do. Uh, I do, so, yeah. I do. And so, it's un- unplugged. Unplug it or turn the ringer off. Um, switch your mobile phone to silent. I know I learned one time I didn't do that and a phone call came in and rang really loud right in the middle of the conversation I'm like ah no 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 so you know turn the ringer off on your mobile phone as well um if you have a a dog put him or her in in his his or her crate or where they're going to be quiet um make sure to let them out beforehand Uh, I had again I learned this one the hard way I was on a Skype interview and all of a sudden my dog let me know he needed to go out and it happened Uh a really long interview. So here I am with my laptop, putting the the laptop on mute while the host is talking, letting my dog out, then Mm -hmm. unmuting, talking, muting again, letting my dog Mm -hmm. in. Okay, but that was distracting in general for me. I I made it through, um, but much better if you let your dog out ahead of time. And if you have a dog that is is uh, rambunctious uh, like mine is um, and he's actually sleeping right next to me right now I trained him to be quiet when I have a headset on but mm-hmm. but he's rambunctious and so I learned I have to give him a really good walk before mm-hmm. I do a show because then he's tired he's actually on my floor right now snoring mm-hmm. uh, you know so there's a lot of things that you can do to just make sure you're in a quiet environment mm-hmm. um, right. there's some people that will even go into their bedroom closet and do a show because mm-hmm. the clothing kind of muffles the sound mm-hmm. around them. Uh, if if you're doing a show that is recorded over, say, a Skype line, shut down your computer and restart it and only open up the applications that you actually right. need open because the quality of the recording is actually better when you do that. Mm-hmm. You know, when we talked about um, pre-checking your microphone, if you're doing a web show, make sure to pre-check your webcam, um, make sure to have your lighting set up. Also, if you're doing a video show, make sure that you, you know, I talked about letting your dog out, make sure you have gone to the restroom right. before mm-hmm. the show. Those are all really simple things that we don't think about. Um, 
And one of my good friends, uh, Lisa, Lisa Rothstein, I was telling her I was doing this show and she said, actually, tell, make sure to tell them to dress up for the show. And I'm like, even if it's an audio show, she said, oh, hmm. yes. Yeah. She says, I've found that when I dress up like I'm going to be on a TV talk show, that I actually carry myself differently physically ah. in the show. So mm -hmm. for her, she physically carries herself differently if she does her makeup and, and dresses up. Even mm -hmm. before, even if she's doing an audio-only show, so those are all some tips of things that you mm -hmm. can do um, to put yourself in a good position. And, and if you're a jewelry lover like me, uh, mm -hmm. I mentioned I have a headset mic, which means that my big, long, dangly earrings had to be taken off; otherwise, mm -hmm. they'd clang on the microphone. And so, just mm -hmm. think of really simple things. Now, all these things are really super easy, super doable. But if you do them, they ensure that you're going to have a really quality audio when you're doing your show. Right, right. Well, and I'll add a couple things too. You know, you, you mentioned that you want to have energy. I have to watch that I don't have too much energy. Oh, great point. And you know, it's, it's funny because, so I make sure no caffeine anywhere near when I'm starting to do my program. Um, you know, and, and, for a while, I actually had a sign that was on my monitor that said, slow down. And I, when I listened, you know, we were laughing about, you know, how we sound. I still talk too fast uh, compared to, to what some people. And, and it was funny because when I moved down to Georgia, I had several people who listened to my program. And one of them said, honey, y'all need to slow down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't think I can go that slow. But, you know, be aware of the fact that you might go really too fast. Um, one of the things you, you mentioned, you know, turning off your computer, I actually unplug my, my Wi-Fi modem and let it, you know, just kind of calm Reset, its little yeah, self down. Yeah. And then the other thing is, you know, on your cell phone. Now, I actually do have my cell phone here in front of me because I use it as the timer for the program. But if you're the kid who gets easily distracted and you might get a, a text message or something like that, and it's even if it's just that you glance at it and you lose your train of thought, don't even have it near you. Um, you know, you can go for the five minutes, the 10 minutes, the one hour, the whatever, without having your phone in front of you. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a matter of doing that. Um, you know, and, and it, like we said, it does get easier. You will find things that work better for you. Um, you know, sometimes people have fans. I had a guest on one time that her computer fan kept coming on and, and I could hear it powering up and then her conversation or her, you know, her connection would go down a bit and then it would power back down. And, and I, you know, we never could figure out that problem and we ended up just having to, to go with it. But, you know, that's where it is good to test things in advance. Um, you know, if you know that you're expecting a package, well, leave a note at the door. And this is, you know, obviously maybe more for somebody who's home office that says, please knock, you know, or please don't knock, just leave package. You know, you don't want dingling in the middle of the program, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and, but, you know, there are ways to, to do this. And, and hopefully as people figure out that they have something that somebody wants to hear about, they're going to find more and more opportunities to do this. So let's jump ahead. They've done the interview. Now what? How do they promote it? You know, how do they get people, whether it's a live interview or something that was recorded or, you know, kind of a combination of those, like my program is, you know, they went to all of this effort. 
and then there's crickets. You know, they, they don't promote it. They don't do anything. What are the, the tips and techniques you have to, to really make sure that you're getting a lot of traction out of what you were doing? Well, the first thing that I encourage people to do after they've done the show, even before they start promoting, is make sure that you're building solid relationships with the host that you have. So Mm-hmm. One one thing that I suggest you do, and I'll be doing this when we're done today, Deb, um, is ask your host for feedback. Okay. Uh, because, you know, your host has specific goals for their show. They've done a lot of different shows. And so it's good to hear from them, how can I make what I do better? Right? Right. Um, but then you can also ask your host, how are they going to promote the show? Mm-hmm. And make sure that they have all of your social media connection points and ask them, please tag me when you promote Mm -hmm. the show, because when you promote the show, then I'll reshare, retweet, regram, whatever Mm -hmm. thought it is. So just reiterate with them, please tag me because I want to support you. I want to help more Mm -hmm. promotions in this show. And that's helpful for them to know that you're actually going to be an active participant because that's not common. It should, it should be. Mm -hmm. but it's not. One of the biggest complaints of hosts that I talk to is that they will spend a tremendous amount of time researching their guest, recording the show, uh, editing the show, or even, you know, doing the show live. And, and then their host just kind of walks away or their guest just walks away. Right. And that's really kind of frustrating from the host Mm -hmm. perspective. So make sure that they know, no, I want to support you. You've, you've brought me on your show and I'm grateful for that. And I want to support that. And so make sure that you understand how they're going to be promoting so that you can be a part of that. Mm -hmm. And then if, if they happen to uh, have their show on iTunes, some people will have a radio show and then they'll also syndicate it onto iTunes or Mm -hmm. Um, podcasts are obviously going to be on iTunes. Um, Same thing with, um, with Hangouts or, or Blabs, sometimes they'll convert those into iTunes as well. If if your host has a show that's on iTunes, go out and show them some love. Mm-hmm. Go out there and, and give them some feedback on their show and, and right. help their show. Because the more their show is successful, the mm-hmm. more you're going to be heard. The more right. opportunity there is for people to hear your episode. Mm-hmm. And then once you've done those relationship building things, and you could do the same thing too on, uh, you mentioned LinkedIn early in this, you know, let's talk about the social media aspect. You can go out to your host's LinkedIn account and leave a, uh, leave feedback there as well. Leave a mm-hmm. testimony. What was it like being on their show? Right. How were they to work with? How fun was the show? And you can edify your host in, in that way as well, because again, the better your host show does, the more opportunity there are for more listeners to hear your episodes that you've been on. Mm-hmm. So those are some ideas just from a relationship building standpoint. And then there's lots of things that you can do to syndicate the show and repurpose the show. Do we want to talk about those? Well, that's, you know, it's, it's funny as you were talking about this, I'm like, Ooh, I do that. I do that. You know, and, and, and that's one of the things when somebody wants to be a guest on my program, they have to provide me with their social media links of whatever they're comfortable with. I mean, you know, some people, their Facebook page is their, their, their personal page. They don't connect with business. Okay. That's fine. You know, but, and maybe they don't even use LinkedIn, whatever. Um, and then I send them suggested posts you know, here's, uh, you know, 
going to, to be live on Deb Creer's program. And, and I give them the actual links so that right. they can tag. Um, my concept is, you know, if the easier I make it, the more likely they will be to do it. I ask them to go to iTunes and give me a, a rating. I ask them to go to LinkedIn and, and give me a recommendation. The funny thing is even doing all of that, it's hit and miss. You know, I have some folks that are absolutely fabulous and promote the heck out of it, you know, both in advance and then after the program, since it is archived on my website and on iTunes. And then there are other people where, you know, I get absolutely nothing. You know, they, they didn't promote it at all. Or maybe I got one Facebook post. And here's the thing with this, folks. Then they come back to me and they say, we want to be on your program again. And I'm like, okay, maybe not. <laughs> you know? And because it is, you know, hello, I'm hosting a radio program because, yes, sometimes I do like to hear myself talk. But, <laughs> you know, it, 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 is, it's, it is for me, too. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, it is important for people to pr- be promoting their appearance. And if you don't do that, then I'm not as likely to have you on as a guest again. Yeah, and, and I find that the more that I promote an episode or a show that I'm on, the more the host does too. Mm-hmm. So there's there's some hosts that uh, we 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 kind of lob promotions back and forth. I mm-hmm. may tweet one and they'll retweet it, and then right. they'll tweet it and I'll retweet them, mm-hmm. and my episodes get more listens mm-hmm. because of that. Because they know that every time they put something out, I'm going to make sure to share it with my audience too. It's reciprocity. Mm -hmm. And as a part of that reciprocity, my audience is also seeing, wow, this host is continuing to share this episode. This must be pretty good. Mm -hmm. You know, so then it's social proof. Yes, yes. Now, here's one of the things that I'm guilty of. So I'm putting my hand up and I'm saying I'm bad. I probably don't promote enough, you know, because I have fabulous guests. We talk about great subjects. And I probably don't promote it enough that, you know, they're going to be on the program and then that they were on the program. So it's a matter of training yourself, you know, to, to be doing this, um, you know, and, and, and if you are somebody who has a program or is thinking of doing that, you know, the same thing with if somebody doesn't promote and I don't want to have them back on, well, if I didn't promote their appearance enough, maybe they don't want to come back on the program either. And, and I have felt that way in the past. There, there, mm-hmm. there are some shows I've gone on where I promote more than the host does. And that, mm-hmm. that's frustrating, too, because it does take my time. So that's really, really where I say building that relationship um, mm-hmm. becomes really helpful because then, you know, you're helping each other. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and, you know, you mentioned tagging people and, and things like that. The cool thing about that is it gets into all of their news feed and does all of those things. You know, so that's that is more social proof. But it just opened you up to all of their followers, all of their connections, all of those various things. And I always find it funny when people don't do that, you know, and, and they'll just do my name. They won't tag me or they'll spell, you know, they'll, they'll do the socialite wrong or, or whatever. And it's like, really, you didn't think that it was, you know, important that you got in front of my connections, um, you know, because there's a lot of them. And, you know, what you are, you know, what your product or your services may very well be something that they might want to buy. But because you didn't take the extra millisecond to, to tag somebody, you lost that opportunity. Right. 
Right. Now, I will caveat to say, first of all, I agree with you completely. I will caveat to say that there are a lot of people that use their smartphones to do Mm -hmm. a lot of their social media and to do a lot of sharing. And depending on the type of smartphone you have and the Mm -hmm. associated app, sometimes tagging people isn't easy to do. So I know that um, from my Facebook business page, if I happen to think, oh, you know what? I haven't shared Deb's, the show I did with Deb in a while. Let me go ahead and just put that out there. Um, sometimes tagging from my phone is hit and miss if Mm -hmm. I do it. So, so there's, there's a lesson here that if you are more planful, you can know what's going to be easy and what's not going to be easy Mm -hmm. so that you can leverage it and get the most power out of everything that you've done. So what are more tips that you have so that people really know how to, to truly leverage and get all this great visibility? So, you know, so let's talk about syndicating and repurposing. And okay. let, me, let me first start by giving you the understanding of the difference between the two. Okay. Syndicating is taking the, the show, the recording, the link to the show, however you get it, and just dis- pushing it out to all your different platforms and all the different ways that you can push it out to your platforms, but you haven't done anything to alter it. Repurposing is taking that actual content and turning it into something new. And Mm -hmm. so you have opportunities to do both. So talking about syndicating, uh, as soon as you're done with a show, I encourage you always to schedule time before the show to prep the room, do all the quieting, the stuff that we talked about. Mm-hmm. But then I encourage you also to schedule time immediately after the show, because that's when it's the freshest in your mind where you can jot these things down. Even mm. if you're pre-recording and the recording mm-hmm. may not, you know, some people pre-record their podcast, you know, two months in advance. Right. But if you schedule the time immediately after you've done the recording, it's the freshest in your mind and you'll get it done the fastest. To, mm-hmm. to write out your social media blurbs right away while it's fresh mm-hmm. in your mind. You can talk about the great time you had. It was so awesome being on the Mile High show. I mean, and, mm-hmm. and it has been. So it's an honest right. thing for me to say, right? Um, you can quote something from the show, from the mm-hmm. host or from yourself. Something that came up and you're like, oh, wow, I want to capture that. You can quote them. You can bullet out the topics that you covered so that you can create your own show notes. Uh, you know, so I was on a blab just the other day. And one of the things I did was I created a little graphic and I put it on Instagram and I had about seven different bullet points on Instagram. Wow. Here's what we talked about. Here's why you should care to listen. But if you wait until, you know, days after you've done the recording, mm-hmm. you're going to forget what you talked about. Right. So right. just jot it out ahead of time. Um, share. Well, and, and what you've done is you've just given multiple posts. Right. And so you, yeah, you know, and, and for the people who are going, well, you know, I I don't know what to put. Well, you know, that was five, maybe 10 different things there that, that you just uh, are going to be able to, to post about. Exactly. You know, and you can, you can share the recording, um, and you can note, um, what they're going to get from pushing play. So make it, make, Mm -hmm. make it possible for them to understand why they should listen. Um, Mm -hmm. You can add the link to the show in your Google profile. So Mm. a lot of people don't think about this, that Google profile, which I think they've now changed to call about me. I think they've recently changed. I think so. Yeah. Um, But they have a contributor to section where you can, Mm -hmm. you know, articles that you've guest posted, you could put in there, but you can put in experts on these radio shows mm-hmm. or experts on these punches and you can link there. Again, social proof, building your expertise. 
Mm -hmm. you can add the show graphic link to the media room on your site. You mm -hmm. should have a media room on your site if you're doing shows. Right. Make sure that there's a repository for different people to find where you've been. Um, mm -hmm. You can add your guest appearances to your newsletter. You can add a link. If, if it's a show that you're really proud of and you're like, wow, I get this out to as many people, add the show link to your email signature. You mm -hmm. can have a section on your website for recently appeared on and add the link there. You mm -hmm. can obviously post to your social media platforms and, and reshare. We've talked about that. Uh, you can create graphics for your Facebook, for Instagram, and all of those different things. Um, even before the show, if you happen to be a Snapchat lover, take a picture of yourself with your headset on. Hey, mm -hmm. ready to go on so-and-so's show, and you have that picture available. It becomes a different asset for you to share. Right. Um, you could do the same thing on Pinterest that I mentioned doing on Instagram, where you could share mm -hmm. a link to the show, and then just some quick bullet points of what we talked about and why you should care to listen. Um you, I, I encourage people to have what I call social media containers. So on Instagram, I have a hashtag Steph Callahan interview. And I mm -hmm. use that hashtag every time I share an interview. So if you click on that hashtag, you're going to get an inventory of all the other shows I've been on. Cool. You know, it could create a container. You can do mm -hmm. the same thing on Pinterest. You can have a board that's your guest appearances. You can do the same mm -hmm. thing on your Facebook business page or your Facebook profile where you mm -hmm. have, a, you know, the photo albums that you could create. You can create a guest appearances album where you just mm -hmm. post photos in there. And even if it's a radio show, even if it's an audio show, you can create a graphic for that. A lot of show hosts will create graphics for you that you can mm -hmm. just share. But if they don't, it's really easy for you to take the show's logo and your picture and the host's picture and throw them together. Right. Create a simple graphic using PowerPoint, using your phone app, using Canva, and you can share those on Facebook. Um, if the show happens to be a video uh, show, like a Hangout or a Blab or a, a Skype video recorded show, create a playlist on YouTube for all your guest appearances. Mm -hmm. You reshare, regram, retweet anything that the host does. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you can share the show title and a link in the PS to your next outgoing email to community. So if you do a lot of shows, you may not want to list every single you know, do a, a, a single email out to your audience for every single one. That could be overkill. Mm -hmm. But you could add it in a PS. Say, right. hey, you know, when I was just on Deb's Mile High show and you'd really love it for these reasons, here's the link. Go to it. Mm -hmm. uh, right. You could use uh, link sharing sites like StumbleUpon or Reddit. Uh, you could create a little video snippet on Vine. Um, there's just, there's so many different ways that you can take that link that you've already got and mm -hmm. get it to different audiences in slightly different ways in where they're hanging out. Now, we talked about ideal client earlier on this show. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to tell you to go and spend a boatload of time on Snapchat if that's not where your ideal client is. What I'm right. saying is if your ideal client is on Snapchat, mm -hmm. then use that platform to share about the yes. show that you're on. Mm -hmm. Well, and, you know, find out from the show, they might have some other things. You know, for example, I provide an embed code, so it's much easier for you to, to post a link on your website. And, you know, it's an MP3 that can be downloaded. You know, as long as it doesn't really get edited a lot, 
you know, I don't get too concerned. And it's particularly because we don't have advertisers in the program. Um, you know, and, and because I have, when we had advertisers in the past, I had people who edited that out. And mm. that was, you know, not quite right kosher. <laughs> right. But, you know, there are so many things that, that you can do with it. And if you took the time and the energy to prepare for it, whether it's your first interview or your 50th or, you know, more than that, you still took the time to prepare to do it. Why don't you want to take a little bit longer? Because we're not really talking about an awful lot of time here, folks, to promote it so that people are actually going to listen to it or, you know, listen to it a year from now. You know, I've, I've had some people that are still promoting that they were on my program a year ago. Right. Um, that's a little bit harder to, to find the program because you have to scroll and scroll. But, um, you know, it is something that it, it like I said, it doesn't take that long to really be able to promote it and get people to listen to it. Absolutely. And the reality is a lot of things that I've shared here today, and there's slews more where that came from, right? But mm -hmm. but all of these things, a good number of them are really easy to delegate out to. Right. If you put just a step-by-step -step checklist of what a virtual assistant, what you want them to do, mm -hmm. um, which I do that with a lot of mine, um, there's a lot of things that you can delegate out to somebody else to do to get mm -hmm. you more visibility and really give the show that you were on legs. Right. And if you don't have a virtual assistant, well, you can still use scheduling programs. Absolutely. You know, whether you're, you're doing Hootsuite or you're internal in Facebook, if you've got a page or, you know, all of the various things uh, that, that are out there, then, you know, you sit down, like you said, right after the program, you write maybe five posts. And, and those are going to appear two before the program, three after the program. You know, whatever you decide in, in your mind that you're going to do, you schedule it and then you're done. You know, and, and you don't have to worry about it. And you're on to the next thing because hopefully you generated interest and you have more ideal clients because of what you did. Right. Well, Stephanie, huh, we only have a couple minutes left. So I want to make sure that people really know how they find you and more importantly, how they can work with you and, and what services you provide. Oh, well, thank you for asking. You can go to stephaniecallahan.com. Callahan is spelled with one L and go to stephaniecallahan.com. All of my connection sources are out there. I am very active on social media. Connect with me, um, regardless of which platform or all the platforms. I'm happy to connect with you there. I do not outsource that part of it. And if you're interested at all, in looking at how you can grow your business in a way that's aligned to who you are so that business can be joyful and you can have visibility to your ideal client, I'd love an opportunity to talk to you. Um, no obligation. Again, we talked about sales earlier that uh, it's about finding a fit between the two of us. And mm -hmm. you can find all that on my website at stephaniecallahan.com and simply click the contact me, contact me link and let's start a conversation. Cool. You know, and, and I love one of the tabs on your site, work less and make more. Yes. Hello. Is there not anybody who wants that? Yeah. And, and I can actually tell you that I now take two and a half to three months off every year cool. and can do it. And my clients mm -hmm. have been able to do it as well. It's all about being really strategic about the choices that you make in building your business. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, I'm so glad that we did this on your on time as opposed to when you're taking vacation because I have had so much fun talking to you and I learned a lot. Awesome. Oh, I thank you so much for inviting me to come on this show. It's been a lot of fun. 
great. Well, and I can already tell, I think we need to have you on again because we just scratched the surface on a lot of this. Oh, I'd love um, to. You know, and, and I think it would be great fun. So I am Deb Creer. I've been having a great time talking with Stephanie Callahan on Mile High Radio. And for everyone out there, have a great week. Thanks for listening to Deb Career, your social media friend. Tune in next time to listen to more great tips, techniques, and trends for using social media. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.